Hi, I am Chitra. I am Madhvi. I am Jyoti. I am Suchitra. Together, we are your hosts on the Edge Podcast. We bring you stories and experiences from our experiments around learning, marketing, and design. These are stories of people, technology, and people interacting through technology. Of what we see, create, and recommend. There's so much to learn out there, isn't it? Cliched phrase you might say. Yes and no, I say. Learning never stops and each one of us has our own ways of learning and learning experiences. In this episode, my colleague Linda and I, Chitra, your host for this episode, explore what microlearning is, how learning has evolved from our own experiences years ago in school and college, to the scenario of today, particularly for working people who want to learn and need to learn. In scarcely available time, the sheer number of things to keep track of or deal with at work, all of which make learning seem like a humongous task rather than developing oneself through learning. This episode, we hope, helps instructional designers and people curious about learning or designing great learning experiences. So listen on. Hi, Linda. Welcome to yet another episode of the Edge podcast. It's a lovely afternoon. I just heard thunder showers clapping outside. We've been looking forward to this, hoping to start or rather have an interesting conversation around microlearning today. How have you been doing? I've been doing great, Chitra. And as usual, it's lovely talking to you. Microlearning. What do you think that's meant to us, Linda? Microlearning is something that has been front and center with a lot of what we've been doing in the last uh, couple of years now, right, Chitra? Um, In fact, I first started hearing about microlearning when uh, we started working on e-learning projects for the adult uh, learner space, right? And um, every time you talk about adult learning, one of the things we always hear is, oh, uh, professionals don't have time. They don't have the mind space to learn anymore. They can't be boxed into long uh, workshops where they have to learn a concept in one go. Uh, That's what we hear all the time. And I think micro learning is the solution the world has found to that so-called problem. Takes me somewhat back in time when one of my teachers, and if I remember right, I think uh, this was my physics teacher, back in class nine and that was the point in time our textbook chapters began to get larger especially around concepts uh, related to light and reflection Um, oh my god those were like (laughs) yes yes you know and and the ones related to electricity and electromagnetism these were gigantic uh, 100 page plus chapters I think because of the way our textbooks were structured in those days yes you don't really see that anymore but I do remember one significant takeaway from the manner in which she used to teach us she used to chunk these chapters into neat little logical parcels Mm. and uh, have us summarize those parcels uh, to not be more than one page But that one page had to contain the key concepts, uh, Mm. the 
principles, the formulae, and uh, anything that we would find that was sort of, it could be a limerick, it could be an acronym, it could be um, anything that would help you retain and recall what that little logical bite or section mm. contained. And to me, that's my earliest memory of micro learning of sorts. <laughs> A brilliant teacher, by the way, Chitra, right? Voluminous learning, uh, learning that is really not easy to do. Uh, I encountered it in my first year of microbiology. Though we weren't uh, studying for medicine, we still had to sort of consume this big tome called Gray's Anatomy, not the uh, serial that you <laughs> but the actual tome right and what we used to do to learn was actually sort of dilute what you had to learn into these small cards that we used to make for ourselves and we used to color them like you know we used to buy these small at those point of time at that point in time you didn't have post-its but you could get these small uh you know these tougher paper, multicolored paper that you could cut into small pieces, which are like one fourth of an A4 sized sheet of paper and write your points there. And similarly, so you're chunking the information you need to learn into smaller bites and sort of consolidating it so that it's easy for revision later on. Like you can take it out, read it once, then think about it, maybe discuss it with your friends, uh, find an activity to learn about it and then come back and revise it again which is sort of micro-learning, right, Chitra? Absolutely. Right. And as you were talking, and by the way, uh, I think anybody that's gotten through a Grey's Anatomy has certainly accomplished a lot simply by staying with that really voluminous tone. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I was just reminded that even while preparing for competitive exams, whether it was the GRE or any of the competitive yes. exams. I remember these word cards, you know, we had the our vocabulary suddenly got expanded when you're preparing for a lot of these competitive exams. Mm -hmm. And one way, like you mentioned, Linda, was a technique was to actually put something down on a card, like flashcards. Yes, right? yes. We used to do uh, that for our kids, right? Flashcards. Yeah, and I think as we were talking, right, it, it just reminded me that, I think all of that has translated into what we've seen ourselves doing as part of uh, learning design. Yes. Isn't yes. it? Exactly. Because I first encountered this fact that the modern learner doesn't have time with this, you know, infographic that Deloitte published way back in 2014, right? Where they say that a typical work, that a, a modern day worker has only 1% to dedicate towards learning in their in a typical work week. And then they have all sorts of, of, of numbers which showed, sort of indicate that we're so busy doing a lot of stuff that we don't have enough time to learn how to do what we're supposed to be doing. And that then makes the, it that anybody who is involved in trying to uh, impart any sort of information to the modern day uh, worker has to do it through uh, or has to do it in smaller pieces. Like in the same report, they say that no worker can can actually spend, or no adult or in, no person actually can spend more than four minutes on a video. 
So that is why if you notice all these e-learning videos or self-paced learning videos that are being produced nowadays, right, Chitra, they're all four minutes or lesser. Nowadays, they say two to three minutes is what is the best. Then the question, right, Chitra, is, is it okay if you just chunk information into videos or, or videos of two to three minutes? And is that enough to actually keep the learner engaged? Is that enough to to actually maximize the learner's, uh, what do you say, uh, capability of understanding? Uh, is that it? Do we just chunk information into videos of two to three uh, minutes and supply it to the learner? And would the learner then be able to understand and actually apply what we are trying to to sort? I wouldn't use the word teach them, inform them. Right, Chitra? Do you think that is enough? Actually, if we're talking largely about uh, adult learners and people mm -hmm. in the workplace yeah. and looking at the paucity of time. In fact, a recent, a very recent article says that what the one that you referenced to Linda and you said mm -hmm. that was 2014 mm -hmm. still holds good today where yeah. the average uh, person at the workplace perhaps has only 1% of time Yeah. To it towards learning yeah. so what I feel is in addition to chunking it also has to things become easier to remember that have meaning and particularly for people in the workplace it has to have meaning with uh, one of two things or both of them one of which is the ability to connect learning with an experience that has happened in the past it has to be contextual. They have it to, has to be contextual, yes. It has to relate to what they are doing or what affects them. And therefore, uh, so for example, right, a lot of project managers have mm. come up with questions like, uh, you know, very often in client meetings, uh, the important people, the influencers and decision makers are sometimes absent. And as the project progresses, then later on, they come back and raise objections. Yes. Which leads to delays, which leads to change requests. So oftentimes, um, as a, a coach, I have found them, found myself teaching a few techniques, such as, uh, you know, how to develop a stakeholder matrix upfront so that as a project manager, you understand who needs to be involved and when. Mm -hmm. And that just in time teaching or learning moments, as I'd like to call them, I think those have a lot more useful impact. to the yeah. learner and impact. Yeah, yeah, they it? definitely do, Chitra. Yeah. It, and it's it, one is it has to be contextual, as you said. It has to relate to them. It should matter to them. Uh, so that is the why of what is being being uh, imparted to them, right? Why should they learn something, and or why should they adopt something rather than learn? If there is a technique, like you just mentioned. The technique would, they would only uh, show interest in a technique if it matters to them, if they've been struggling with the same problem, right, Chitra? Otherwise, yeah. why would they, why would they, why would they hear that? And why would they then try and apply it? Only if it matters to them, would it? And so the context has to be set. They should understand why something is being, why, why, why their, their attention is being drawn to a concept or a new tool or, or anything that, uh, that you're trying to actually uh, impart. The other is, of course, the, the attention span, right, Chitra? The fact that it can't be just one medium of, 
of of uh, of information it can't be uh, just maybe uh, written content it can't be just audio content it can't be just video content i personally believe that today technology is such that you are able to actually uh, impart information as a combination of all of these right with pictorially with visuals with audio so i think we should maximize the use of all that we are, that we can use we should harness all of that and that should actually then help us put together a, an experience a learning experience that keeps the learner uh, stuck to what we are saying keeps them glued to what we what we want to be talking to them you know it it reaches them and it sits with them and it, they take it away with them and they use it because we become successful in creating and designing learning experiences only if the learner actually enjoys the experience understands what you're saying and then goes out and actually applies what you've been talking about right chitra and yeah. i think micro learning yeah. is a really good tool for that yes uh, you know what you were mentioning uh, got me just thinking i think the combination of uh, different ways of learning mm. is also one of the ways of uh, taking away the monotony or looking at other methods so it's a combination of various methods like i said chunking is one method it's also about uh, the different formats so yeah. i'd say that even if it was micro learning small bites of learning the methods that we apply uh, for example storytelling mm. uh, second thing being uh, audio visual components and today there's so much uh, potential so and much possibility Yeah. yeah and the one thing i forgot to mention chitra is also you remember the uh, the kind of courses that we've developed when you have an ask me any anything session there or you have a master class there or you even you can combine the micro learning elements with with maybe uh, an in person you know interactive session right yes Which makes uh, it more impactful and and i think that is where what i like to call sprints of learning you huh. know uh, i think gone are the days when people sat through eight hour training sessions for oh, yeah. a week and and i think I, you know they would be followed up by large binders or folders that contained summaries of the workshop worksheets cheat sheets summary sheets all kinds of things but very most more often than not how many of us actually go back to those binders and refresh or recollect whereas today i see that uh, some of what we doing uh, seems to have that, that kind of an impact is you have an intervention based training program for the mm. short period of time and when i mean intervention based it is facilitator led mm. there is there is the environment where learners have a discussion they have conversations they are asking questions and then that is followed up with micro learning so for example the product smart start that we have today is is ideal for that because it's a set of cards which is comic strip style storytelling and we have referenced that in an earlier episode of this podcast where uh, we take a small topic delve into perhaps one concept of it yeah. and narrate it with context that is relatable to the learners as well as there is a curated content that they can always reference later but at any point in time they need a ready reckoner Uh, this can be delivered in mobile format or very quickly through uh, learning experience platforms that are there in deployed 
in uh, various organizations today. So they don't have to really uh, search for it. They don't have to, if I may say, feel lazy to actually take out a reference and recall what they have learned. Actually, actually it is to a large extent, it's, it's not even laziness. It's, it's that inertia. Yes, like when you're right. those tomes of that you get after a, maybe a uh, you know one of one of these workshops. Sometimes it's a task rifling through that entire you know document set that you get to figure out what is the usable bits of it, right? Yes. So those are treasures. If you actually look at it, those tomes are actually treasures that we could use. But the the usability quotient is very low. Yeah, I think you hit a, you hit upon a very important fact and. I wanted to add to that, that the earlier forms of learning were more behaviorism and cognitivism based, where, yeah. uh, you know, the behaviorism part of it was very, very instructor led and uh, very one way. The cognitivism fo was very focused on retention and recall. Mm -hmm. uh, but then looking at the dimensions of what are called constructivism and connectivism today is that they are very, very learner centric approaches. Uh, that are very essential today in instructional design and also allow for the fact that people learn in different ways. And that is very essential to the kind of uh, work that we are doing is addressing needs of adult learners in the workplace that have paucity of time, that are in quite stressful environments where you have multiple things that you have to keep track of. And that is that sort of adds to the cognitive load uh, in terms of learning. And that's where your ability to construct or your own learning paths with, yeah. with just enough information and connecting that back to what you're doing in the workplace uh, so that, you know, you can use a lot more of it and, and apply that back to work. Yeah, because you're giving you're giving information in, in, in small bits and pieces, which yeah. is contextual they can take it back and apply it back to work. Once they apply it back, then it sits in their brains because they yeah. know they can use it. It's not just uh, some bit of information that's there in the stratosphere that is good to know. It's something that is actually usable. So then it sits in the forefront of your brain, right? And you use yeah. it. That's, that's, I think, the most important bit, that you draw the context and you give them the space to learn that, which because of the, the fact that they don't have enough time or rather than they, we don't have enough time and we have this cognitive overload, not only through work, but because of all the other distractions that we have with social media and other information coming our way. It's very important that we grasp the learner's attention. I think that is the, the, the ability to grasp the learner's attention and mind space is the biggest uh, challenge that we as instructional designers face how do you how do you keep them hooked and uh, as you know chitra one of the ways is for us to uh, to uh, to use a story as part of the of the, as part of the entire you know uh, design right so that it hooks the learner that's what we did with smart start right absolutely and and i think a couple of thoughts that are coming to my mind as this conversation is going along is that these micro-learning modules can mm. actually be spaced according to, you know, the learner's time and availability. So yes. uh, a person enters a workshop 
which is which is intervention based and then comes out of it and uh, in probably one week uh, you know this is what the famous ebbinghaus forgetting curve says has already forgotten 80% of what they learned yeah but, but if we were to let's say introduce uh, a small set of cards which require the learner to spend not more than maybe 5 or 7 minutes a day let's say a week later the timing would be perfect for something like a first review so uh, i was just recalling this concept of using spaced learning mm. so that uh, you can reduce at the rate at which you forget yes and the other thing is let's say we first give them a set of cards later on yeah. we come, we we circle back to the same concept with maybe some curated video if it's something that you want them to for something to stick in their memory right so your spaced learning with what do you say uh, retention based learning also comes into play and you Absolutely. can do all of that with micro learning because yes. at the end of the day it's it's actually sending out information in packets to the learner which they can use when and where they want to and and i think it's a great way even for learners to keep challenging their memory i mean we've yes. always enjoyed doing these little puzzles mm. and uh, you know when you're having a conversation very often you there is a high when you tend to recall a fact and then state it to people and people kind of yes. applaud you for it so micro learning can also be used as a means to challenge people's memory so mm. that uh, you know and, and you know that it's it's not that you have to read 100 pages so it's just two or three cards over yeah. there which are just enough for you to recall for example one of the things that we've been uh, discussing is uh, sales battle cards you know something that yeah. sales people can carry with them and let's say they're in a crucial conversation with or a negotiation with a customer uh, and they need to quickly recall something about the product or sort of subtly understand what are the margins allowed to them they quickly look at this card yeah. of their own and voila you know you suddenly feel good about yourself your confidence improves you may actually be able to close out that deal and come away it's very important because especially in these kind of meetings if you if you if you're not if you don't project confidence then you lose the customer don't you so if you think that you've got the information in your pocket that gives you a certain amount of confidence But, oh absolutely yeah. and uh, uh, you know one thing that i came across somewhere about the importance or the essence of micro learning which is which is so important today is that learners today i think unlike in the past are very untethered today to learn yeah. you can learn from anywhere you can learn from multiple places and i love that phrase where it says learners are untethered mm. they're not affiliated to any particular mode of learning and i think that is so such an intrinsic understanding to have hmm. when it comes to learners of any kind whether they yes. are adults whether they are children is that and it also recognizes and respects the fact that each one of us has our own way of learning and assimilation so yes. that was beautiful and i wanted to share that here yes and it also and the the fact that you can see micro learning and this this understanding of the modern learner gives us actually it it opens up the world for a person designing a, a learning module for example right because you know they are untethered you know that there are different people with different ways of assimilating information and you have all of this uh, types of content available to you to present to the learner 
you can use comic strips, you can use uh, typical storytelling, you can use videos. So if you really wanted to design a course that would stick with the learner, all you needed, need to do is use your creativity, use your understanding of the concept and design a course that keeps the, keeps the learner hooked. I think you beautifully said it. And I am mindful of the fact that we're talking about micro learning and you and I have been talking for quite some time. So, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so how should we sort of summarize our conversation later? I guess to say that we are all in for micro learning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just thought of if there were people out there, uh, especially instructional designers like ourselves, I'd say, you know, point number one, think of short stories on cards. Hmm. Uh, think of depicting scenarios that carry meaning and context for the learner. Uh, keep in mind short modules, multiple of them, right? It's like yeah. uh, perhaps a book of small short stories around a specific theme or topic. And, um, you know, try and use different modes of delivering that learning. Mix and match as much as possible. So great, Linda. Thank you so much. And as always, a pleasure talking to you. I'm looking forward to more such episodes on different modes of learning. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chitra. subscribe to the edge podcast on your favorite podcast channel we are on google itunes spotify stitcher and more if you like this episode please share it with your friends if you have stories to share and want to be featured on our podcast write to us at podcasts at adepticlabs.com <laughs>